today on CityCast Salt Lake. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake this weekend and taking place in its full form as a three-day celebration for the first time since 2019. In my personal opinion, Living Traditions is Salt Lake's best fest. Cream of the crop. It's free entry. You could spend all day watching performers on the four different stages. There's a huge folk art market. It's a celebration of Salt Lake's ethnic and immigrant communities. And yes, 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 there are food vendors. Oodles. With me today is one of this weekend's performers, Javier Tutama Hafoka. He's the creative director of Malia Lole Polynesian Cultural Ensemble and a dance teacher at Northwest Middle School in Salt Lake. Today is Wednesday, May 18th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarten. This is CityCast Salt Lake. Javier, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Thanks for being here. Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So we're here to talk about Malia Lole, which, as I understand it, is a family affair. Is that right? Yes, it is. Very much so. Who taught you song and dance? Who taught you to be an artist? So the individuals that taught me how to, um, to sing, to play music, um, and learned how to dance and learn how to create choreography was my family members. Firstly, my mom. Mm. And then another individual that played a really big role in doing that is my mom's sisters. So my mom's sister, Sekelia uh, Rio Salima, as well as Kelisitina Vaidnuku. These individuals have been uh, instrumental in us learning and uh, perpetuating our culture through music and through dance. Did you think that you would be a dance teacher one day? Was that always no, your plan? Never. That was that. That was like the last thing that would <laughs> go through my mind. And now here I am, a dance teacher at not only Northwest Middle School, but I also teach in multiple classes throughout the community. And I never thought that my big old self would be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I think I'm just the most unlikely person that you would see to be the last person to be a teacher. You know what I mean? I think a lot of my students' parents, even when they come to parent-teacher conferences, like, oh, I didn't expect that you were going to be the teacher, but. Hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> How did you get there? Like, what was the process of getting you from sort of reluctance to fully embracing this path? I believe um, it had to do with a lot of different things. So I know with the passing of my aunts who were mother figures to me mm -hmm. and also with the loss of our culture, this, mm -hmm. this diaspora of our Polynesians where now they've assimilated, mm -hmm. but the assimilation hasn't been too great, even amongst our youth. So I think seeing the, the culture dissipate and it, it, in my own eyes, mm -hmm. seeing it leave my, uh, just our youth and seeing you leave our family is one of the biggest motivating factors and that, that helps because our youth, our youth and, and that need to grasp onto culture and identity. Mm -hmm. So why is that such an important thing? Why is this kind of storytelling through song and dance, why is it so important to Polynesian Americans? It's extremely important because not only does it tell the stories of our ancestors, but it helps in keeping the stories of ourselves. Mm. This is a part of our genetic makeup, believe it or not, you know, and this is a part of our spirituality and our soul. And without it, we don't have our spirit and we don't have our voice. We don't have our soul. So this is the biggest part of it is retaining the culture in the dancing and in the music. Mm -hmm. 
I watched a different interview with you, and one of the things you said was that what words can't express, dancing expresses. What is the connection that happens between music and dance at Malia Lole? So with Malia Lole and with any Polynesian cultural arts ensemble or school, uh, we believe as Polynesians that in order to um, truly speak your your truth or for something to be truthful, it's expressed through dance and through music. Mm. So even if you see in the islands, if there's a political issue, instead of doing a rally or if instead of picketing or, or going uh, to Capitol Hill in that, you, we call it a peseo de aso, you go and sing and dance it if there's a problem. Mm. Or, or even if we're giving gifts, say, for instance, if we're at a wedding or we're at a cultural event, the gifts are only pure when it's done through music and through dance, because that's what we believe is your purest intentions is through the form of dance. That's how your spirit speaks. Hmm. So it's through dancing and through music. Hmm. You're a perfect dance teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to you and I'm like, how is there even a moment in your life when you didn't think that this was the perfect journey for you? <laughs> I guess it's it's been ingrained and instilled in in me, but... You know, I guess I'm just like a typical rebellious American teenager mm. where I just wasn't into anything. I was just trying to be, I was trying to catch up with the fads yeah. of the times. And I, this was the last thing on my mind. But then when I even seen it within myself of identity crisis, mm -hmm. then that's where I had to stop and be like, who am I? Yeah. And then see it even with my own children and nieces, my nephews and say, who are they? They need a voice. We need our voice back. Mm -hmm. And that's how we're doing it through our music and through our dance. Mm. Do you have a favorite song or story that you teach? That's very interesting. That's a very interesting question because I do, I actually, there's a lot. There's, there's a lot. I, I think um, we have a song called Tetiare, and this was taught to one of another matriarch in my family, her name is Oliana Fiso Tuya. She passed away too as well. Mm -hmm. She was a pillar of the community. She taught in multiple capacities. She was also a, a school teacher too. Mm -hmm. And she taught at Westlake Junior High as well as Granger High School. Mm -hmm. And before she passed, she she uh, gave us a lot of different uh, cultural gems, including songs and music. And one of them is called Tetiare. That's one that we utilize often. And uh, it, it's poetry. So in all Polynesian Pacific Island song and dance, they use poetry to express something that's happening. So say, for instance, if you're paying homage to somebody or if you're talking about like a lunar eclipse or you're talking about the ocean tides, mm -hmm. it, it always goes, um, the story always translates differently because it's always metaphor. So if I say, I love you, you can say something like, this flower is a piece of my soul, mm. or that's how, that's how poetic it is in Polynesian. So with this specific and particular song, Tetiare, that we sing often, we were able to pay homage to her. Mm. And we're also able to pay homage to individuals that passed away. So anytime we have funerals or there's a time to dedicate something special to someone, we do that specific song, Tetiare. And Tetiare is um, a flower. Hmm. And it's talking about how the beauty of that flower and the essence of that flower and how it's always lasting and how it always belongs to you. Not only uh, belong to Mother Earth, but you are connected to Mother Earth through that flower and the memory will always remain. Hmm. That's so nice. I'm thinking about like the experience of learning in either a school setting or anywhere, like learning these songs and learning this poetry 
If I was in your class and I wanted to get an A+, what am I bringing? What, what are the elements that are most important that are shining through? I think the main elements is just enthusiasm, firstly. <laughs> yeah, okay. And um, the desire to, to want to learn. And with the enthusiasm, the desire is that spirituality. Mm. Bringing your full spirit when you're coming to learn. Because without that, then there's really no learning, mm -hmm. I think. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. It seems like there are a lot of educators in your family and there is. at Malialole, which makes sense because it's an education project. Yes. How do you hope that these teachings will carry on? Like, what's the dream? What's the dream future? The dream is to have that recognition and to be able to stand and to announce that we're Pacific Islanders and Polynesians and people understand exactly who that is. Mm. We do still have that um, identity problem where people are trying to figure out who we are. And then we get, um, we get categorized into a, a realm of which we kind of are not like, say for instance, this month, Asian American Pacific Island Heritage Month. Mm -hmm. I love Asian Americans. We just happen to not be Asian American. We're Pacific Islanders. Yeah. So I am happy that Utah does acknowledge the Pacific Island Heritage Month, which is the month of August. Mm -hmm. But it is that. It's about the identity and standing around and being ourselves and being able to be our truthful selves mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. My sense is as well, like, I think we're having a lot of conversations, which is important in our community right now, about um, cultural appropriation and that that cultural appropriation is a form of settler colonialism and that when we are borrowing or appropriating from from another culture that it does a lot of harm and i'm curious about the role of the teachings at malia lole as a means of combating that and like getting ahead of that do you have thoughts on that Culture preparation, that's a, that, that it does seem to play a big role, especially during graduation time. Mm. I see, not that it's, it's meant for anyone else, but, or it's just specifically for us, but I do see the act of, we call it fa'ula or fa'kahua, and it's when they, they offer lays or they offer like the garlands mm -hmm. and it's supposed to connect your soul with another soul. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is traditionally Polynesian mm -hmm. and Pacific Islander, and I see but I think in our dance group and in our cultural arts ensemble, we're able to teach those sorts of things so that when you do see it observed, you have an appreciation of why other people are doing it mm. and why other cultures are doing it. And then have that understanding like, well, then I need to know if I'm in feeling any sort of way, if I'm feeling offended by it, that I can um, address it appropriately mm. or even educate individuals appropriately. Mm. So I think the school and our cultural ensemble has enabled our students to be able to address things in an appropriate manner mm. and to also educate individuals if they do not know. Yeah, I think that's really important. For folks who might see Malia Lole Ensemble for the first time at the Living Traditions Festival, what should they expect? What do you want them to take with them from that performance? Um, the spirituality of our people. Mm. What I want them to come and see and hopefully experience is the essence of Polynesia and the spirit of the ocean, the spirit of the sky, and to be able to feel all of that mm. when they come in 
and watch us. Hmm. So hopefully, hopefully, you know what I mean? And also have some fun while they're watching us too. <laughs> I think all those things are so present every time that I've seen you all perform. I'm not worried about that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Is there anything else I should ask you about this? Anything else you want to talk about that we haven't covered? You know, um, our Polynesian Cultural Arts Ensemble, we're, we're just involved in a lot of community events and uh, we're just a community entity that helps out a lot of different individuals. And we have sublets of, of our Malia Cultural Arts Ensemble. Like a lot of people don't realize we actually have a house and it's a house of candy. And that is um, bringing back the role of third gender in our culture. Because mm. third gender plays a very large role in our Polynesian Pacific Island culture. Mm -hmm. So in establishing the house of candy, which is fale ole lole, and the word lole means candy okay. in our in our Polynesian culture. So um, in establishing that uh, dance group and that cultural arts group, we're bringing back those different aspects of our culture that has been lost coming here to America. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and that seems like really a place where colonialism has brought the gender binary and to a place where it wasn't. And so... Yes, very much so. Yeah. That's interesting. So w wait, tell me more about the House of Candy. So House of Candy was established um, mainly for when my brother came back from his mission, just as a place of expression. Mm -hmm. And in our culture, like I said, most of the individuals that are teaching cultural values and, and our practicing culture and teaching these dance schools and these cultural arts schools just happen to be third gender. Mm. But this was something that was not uh, looked down upon or something that didn't have to, we didn't have to question these sorts of things until um, Christianity and a lot of different other um, aspects of colonialism, you know I mean? That, that caused us to stop these practices, mm. but we're hoping that this will help sort of bring this back and bring it back into the forefront where we know that there's a place for every individual in our culture and in, in a spiritual sense, and there's a place for every individual in the world. Hmm. It seems like there's a lot of healing happening at Malialole. There is very much a lot of healing. Yeah. Yeah. Javier, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate thank it. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm excited to see you this weekend. You. Yes, I'm excited too. Both on too. stage hey. and at the food court. <laughs> yes, and at the food court especially. Kyakori, katahi, karua, katoru chibata. You can see Malia Lole this weekend at the Living Traditions Festival. The fest runs all Friday, Saturday, and Sunday downtown at Library Square and Washington Square Park. Malia Lole is the closing act Friday night at 9 p.m. on the North Stage. Honestly, just plan to spend the whole weekend there. Admission is completely free, and some vendors are cash only. So maybe bring a little cash. A little news before we go. You may remember that community staple Southeast Market on 4th East and 9th South by Liberty Park is closing its doors after 23 years in business at that location. Now, Building Salt Lake reports that the Wasatch Cooperative Market has its sights set on the location and submitted a non-binding letter of interest to the property owner. If you've seen the signs around the city saying Salt Lake needs a food co-op, 
That's the Wasatch Cooperative Market. A food co-op is independent from a corporate chain and owned by the community members who shop there. The group has been seeking a spot for the project for years now and initially hoped to be in the location of the old Sears off of State Street. That's no longer viable because Intermountain Healthcare acquired the land to build healthcare facilities downtown there. A lot of folks were hopeful that the co-op might find its home on the west side of Salt Lake, where there are multiple food deserts. A food desert is an area where residents reasonably close access to affordable and healthy food options is severely limited. That's our show today here on CityCast Salt Lake. The music vocals you hear on this episode were performed by Malia Lole at BYU Radio Studios. And the drumming was performed also by Malia Lole and shared with us by Simi Tutama Hafoka. Thank you. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around this city. Thanks for listening. Bye.